Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have an exciting guest for you that you're just going to love her story. And really, I just, you know, she is such an inspiring woman. But before we get to that, I want to just bring your attention to the fact that coming in June, we have extra episodes of the Inner Dominatrix. So these are special podcast episodes where you get to ask me questions and it's just me giving you information, tools, tips, whatever it is that you most want to know about how to step in and claim your inner dominatrix. So send me your questions, comments, feedback to innerdominatrix at gmail.com and I will bring that up on a soon up and coming bonus episode. So now let's dive in and meet today's guest. So today, Kate Gardner. So Kate and I met quite a while back through an introduction through another guest that was on here earlier. And Kate does this amazing work with the the Missing Piece magazine, which we're going to get to in a minute. But, you know, I really want to highlight, first of all, Kate's story a little bit. And I let her dig into it. But Kate is a former drug addict, alcoholic. She went through years of domestic violence and she's a high school dropout. But despite all of these challenges, she's gone on to get herself recognized as one of the top coaches. She's published books and she's been doing all of these incredible things. So I had to have her on here because for me, she's such an inspiration and an example of our story doesn't have to define who we are and where we can go. So, Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So, how did you transition? Like, you had so much going on in your life and things that really could squash you down. What, what created that turning point for you? Um, the turning point for me, I can pinpoint right back to where it was. Um, it was seven years ago when my daughter was 14 years old and um, she'd just been raped. And we had to actually go to court over this and she had to have several police interviews. And it was one day while we were stood in the rape center, just as she was being interviewed again, over and over again, I had to sit in the waiting room because they wouldn't allow me in the room while they were recording her interview. And I remember being stood there just feeling really distraught and I was looking outside the window and there was another lady that had just finished her interview with the police and obviously she'd been through the same thing. And she was in a probably about 40, 40 year old, probably about in her forties. And I remember just look glancing outside the window and she was hunched over. Her entire body was hunched over and she had this handkerchief that she was just creasing tighter and tighter in her hands. And she was just looking at the floor. And at that moment, my daughter came back into the room after her interview and she was doing the same thing. Her body was hunched over and it was like these women suddenly blamed themselves for what was happening. And something inside of me just snapped because at that time I'd experienced domestic violence myself. I'd just come out of a domestic violence relationship and experienced a stroke and just got past that, but I had um, some 
some problems with the right hand side of my body. I couldn't move it properly. And then coming out of that relationship and going through what I went through with a stroke and then moving out into my, into a new life, into a new home with my two children. It was only four weeks later that this happened with my daughter and she was only 14 years old. So I was stuck in the middle of this storm and it's like being in the eye of the storm where everything Mm -hmm. goes calm for a minute and everything stops and you see what you wouldn't usually see. And I was just stood watching that woman out of the window and then seeing my daughter coming into the room with the same way, stood the same way, looking the same way, the same energy coming off both of them. And something inside of me just said, do you know what? Fuck this. I am done with this. I am done with people being abused. I am done with people feeling like they're to self-blame for themselves. I am so sick and tired of it. They've got to be a way that I can at least empower people to know that they can come back from this. And then it started from there. And it was a journey that went on to building a domestic violence campaign. It was just a support page on Facebook. And that page ended up... Um, zooming around 23 countries in a less than a year, had a whole team of ambassadors that were best-selling authors. And I had to stand in the middle of it and go, wow, we're supporting over four and a half thousand domestic violence survivors at the minute. What more could I do? So I found myself a life coach and had several mentors after that and several coaches after that. And today, The Missing Piece is actually transformed from that domestic violence campaign. And I never knew in a million years so it would turn into 18 best-selling books, a digital magazine, me being named one of the top coaches by um, a Hollywood film director in one of her books, which then just led to this huge growth to where I am today. And it all started from a mother's love. And it continues passionate from that why to where I am today and also really helping people get through all the issues I have had in my life as well and really keeping myself grounded so that I can keep going on helping more and more people and really sympathizing with them and having empathy with them to know that, you know, we can start off with zero confidence, just like I did at the very beginning. But where it leads to can be truly fantastic and amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's so incredible. I mean, I've heard snippets of your story before and it's still so powerful to hear, you know, more in depth. Like that's an incredible pivot point. The awareness to be able to stop all of that craziness and and to be in that moment and seeing clearly what needs to happen from there. And the fact that, you know, seven years is not that long. The transformation that you've made is quite remarkable. Thank you. I know I have to like stand back sometimes myself and go, whoa, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I took me probably 20 years to do that transformation. So that's phenomenal. But, you know, there's definitely something, you know, when it's your child, there's a different push and motivation, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, it just, it carried on, it carried on from there. And it's, it, it's not like I've let the success defy me or anything like that. It's I've stayed with my feet on the ground. And if people think that 
everybody has a great life when they're successful, they're completely wrong. <laughs> I'm still a normal human being. I still have my shit daily. Yeah. Um, in November last year, we had another tragedy that hit the family because my daughter, who was raped then when she got to um, 19 years old, she actually lost, lost her son. She was pregnant with her son and she lost him. Mm. Still birth. So we have had our trials and tribulations and I just keep getting back up. So anything that knocks you down in life, you just got to learn to get back up. And that's what the main thing is, just focusing on getting back up. Whatever hits you along the journey, just concentrate on getting back up. Even if it's just a step, even yeah. if it's a tiny baby step each and every day, just to do something then focus on getting your butt back up off that floor and back onto your two feet standing again. And that is what really matters the most. Uh, I, you know, I love that. It's such a powerful message. And, you know, it's one that I, I talk about a lot about using the, the pain to motivate you, right? Because, of course, I come from the dominatrix world where, you know, pain is, is erotic for most people. And so it's transforming that, whatever it is, into something that will move you forward, that same, same idea. So, yeah, like whatever small step it is to just get back up and take a step forward, um, yeah. no matter how small. And, you know, I find that for most people focusing on that small step as opposed to the overwhelming big task. Yes, it can be. It can be a tiny step. It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be no. mean. Right, go out, go out tomorrow and sell ten of your programs or your product. It doesn't have to be a step like that. The first step can be just getting out of bed and getting dressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be huge. Yeah, I know. I, I love it. You know, sometimes in my group programs, you know, I, I start off with wins, like I'm sure a lot of coaches do, and and you know, for some of them, they're like you know, I'm here. Mm. And that's huge. It's mm. like, yes, you're here. You got on the call. You got, you made the effort to actually do it. So never underestimate the power of the smallest step because it's still moving you in that direction. Mm. And it's always the smallest steps that take you in the direction of something huge, but you can't see it yet. Right. And you have to have the faith. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. Because you can't see it, it doesn't mean that it's already there. You just don't know it's coming. You yeah. can't see it, but you have to believe at the end of it that you will get through it or that it will appear or it will happen. And then just by shifting one foot in front of the other and keeping that faith you'd be surprised what amazing things actually do appear and how you feel so much better from knowing that you took them tiny steps each and every day you know how do how do you pull down a mountain one stone at a time you can't do it all at once <laughs> you, know, you have to no. chip, chip away one stone at a time and eventually you will pull it down of course you won't yeah. so you have to really just do this one step at a time and be patient and you know I've done the full circle I did the entire full circle of building the six-figure company and having the team of people and um, publishing books of tv stars and award-winning film producers and I walked away from it all because I crashed and I became broke emotionally, spiritually, financially, and every other kind of broke you could imagine. And I walked mm. away from all of that. And that was two years ago. And I walked away from all of that. And I thought, well, if, um, if this is success, 
it sucks and I don't want anything to do with any of these kinds of people no more because all they want to do is just be hungry for them and I don't want to do that because I want to go back to my roots and why I did this in the first place go back to that vision of me be standing in that rip center because I wanted to help and empower people and that is it yeah oh so powerful and, and you know and that's part of what I I wanted to highlight with you is that you're choosing to do what works for you. It's not about the money. I see so many people get, you know, sidetracked by Mm. the money and forget what it is that they're passionate about. And it doesn't mean you have to give up the money, but to choose first and foremost, what works for you. Yeah. We are distracted. We are living in a society that distracts you. When you go through your news feed on social media, you are gained false promises mm. of courses that will teach you how to earn six figures in six weeks. It's bullshit. It it's is absolute bullshit. bullshit. It took me uh, about three years to build my six-figure company. And mm-hmm. then it went into multi-six figures. And then that was the point when I crashed totally, completely. Yeah. Because I had a little bit, a little bit of success. And it was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Because when we have a little bit of success, it's the worst thing to have. Because then we have this ego to go with it. And we feel like we must run faster. We must be quicker. We must earn <laughs> more. We must do this. We must do that. They're doing that. So I must be doing that. Mm-hmm. And we go into that massive frenzy and then it just all goes and it all collapses. And that's what happened to me. And I was like, right, if everybody's like this, I just don't want to be like this no more because I'm empty. I'm running on empty. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just a mess. I don't, how could I ever teach anybody when I'm coming from a standpoint of being a mess? So I had to <laughs> go back. I had to go back to center and I had to really go back and I had to learn so much more about myself and learn how to do it the right way and that's what I did I got very spiritual I digged even deeper I learned so many spiritual laws that I was breaking which made sense in the right in the first place and I rebuilt everything that I had from scratch I rebuilt it all because I'd walked away from it I took five months off of work on the online industry of being a coach and everything I didn't want to speak to anybody I didn't want to give any services out I just walked away and and took five months to work on my spirituality alone and then I came back with an idea that I wanted to launch a magazine it's a magazine that would change lives it was a magazine that would serve to people that would get them past all the hurdles that we do in self-discovery and really be a free resource to help them. So I rebuilt my entire business and then I came back to what was it that I was really, really good at? Well, I'm really good at selling books because I've shifted tons of them, made 200 people best-selling offers. So I thought, right, that is a service that I'm going to concentrate on and just the magazine alone. And you'd be surprised how doing everything again and restarting everything and applying by the real rules that I should have been applying in the first place, how that gets you more success with your feet on the ground and being Mm. so humble rather than doing it the first time. Now this interview right here is the first interview I've done in two years. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm honored. (laughs) Because I didn't want to do any interview uh, for two years and come from a place where I still had the old way of effect of growing the business that I did last time. I didn't want any of that. I wanted to start 
over and I, I thought to myself, right, I'm just going to withdraw from everything. Everybody was requesting interviews from me and I'm like, no, I'm not taking them right now. I'm not taking them right now because I had to be completely certain to be in a place where I would be a good enough coach to people to give them the true answers that they really deserved to turn into the human beings that I wanted to see in this planet instead of that horse shit of six figures in six weeks. I didn't want any part of that. It's fakeism. I don't want any part of it because the only thing that they're really bothered about is taking cash out of people's bank accounts and not really giving them change. So that's why I had to go away from all of it. I had to withstand myself. I had to learn new boundaries, new rules, new spiritual principles and apply them to my life so that I could then teach them and then I could go on actually being them spiritual laws, applying them to my business, applying them to my life. So yeah, this is the first interview in two years. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I get to be here first. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, and I really admire the fact that you you took that time to integrate the tools. You know, I, I see so many people they'll they'll go and they take a weekend workshop and then they turn right around and they start teaching the very same thing that they've just learned. And there's been no time to integrate it, to figure out how does this fit for me? How do I want to present this? It's just can't. And I mean, that's the same thing with all these, you know, six figures in 60 days kind of BS that's out there. Um, It's the same. They're just taking and regurgitating the same fucking shit over and over again. And I'm with you. Like that drives me batty. I'm, you know, building it slowly as well. Because it's, uh, it's got to be authentic. And I really hear that from you. Like you are so coming from a place of being open hearted and completely authentic with people. Mm. And it feels good to me because I can go to bed at night and sleep soundly that I've helped people with a product that I have that's free. You know, I don't charge for it. It's free. We make our money from the advertising side. So it's completely free to the person. It's like, here you go. Here in this great magazine is 23 coaches that I've built great relationships with from all around the world. Some of them are so successful that they work with people like Jack Canfield. Some of them I've just started out in coaching for a few years. They're all different levels, all different types of coaches, all different people from all around the world. I'm going to fetch them in one place and give you change and you don't have to pay a penny for it yeah that to me is more powerful in this world than an advert through facebook teaching you how to get six figures in six weeks it doesn't work it's bullshit it is a whole lot more hard work (laughs) inside and outside of yourself Mm -hmm. to even make that company reality yeah and you know it's like to, to change our expectations, right? Like we've been sold this idea that things can be instant. You can have instant change. You can have instant weight loss. You can have an instant business. And all of that sets up for failure in, yeah. in all of it, right? Maybe you can have an instant thing, but you can also have it die instantly right after. And, you know, long-term success, just like weight loss, long-term weight loss and sustained weight loss, takes effort and Mm. why wouldn't it be the same with your business right Mm, exactly yeah exactly it's like you said they they want instant so that's where it comes into the a little bit of success is the worst thing ever the worst thing about success is a little bit that's where that comes into it because if somebody has rapid weight loss that's it Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I've just lost 
cost all 180 pounds in six weeks. Now I can teach you how to do it. And then they've, <laughs> they've then slammed on that extra weight again, plus some more by being too cocky and thinking that they actually had that skill in the first place. And they haven't. Yeah. It's like me, I had the I had the multi six figure company, and I was oh yes, now I built a multi six figure company. Yeah, and I didn't see the rug that was going to be pulled from underneath my feet and have <laughs> my head slapped on the concrete because I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about you, but I found when I went through my bankruptcy, there was more learning in that gigantic failure than there was in the growing of the business in the first place. Yeah, it's respecting money and people don't respect money. If you are not respecting what is given to you and really appreciating and knowing what every penny is going in and where every penny is going out and what you're paying for and not wasting it and being wise with it, what happens is that this is an amazing thing. It happens. It duplicates. You get more of it. <laughs> but when you, when you waste it or you don't keep a check on it, that's it. You lose it. You lose the grip. You lose control. And then suddenly your clients come away from you. You don't earn as much as you could be doing. It's all teaching you a lesson and it all comes back to spiritual laws again. If you are not fearful with what you have, then you will not be provided with more. It's so simple. It's just being appreciative of everything that you have in your life. And money is a huge factor because so many people run away from it or they're scared of it or, you know, bankruptcy is bankruptcy. It's just basically saying, look, you've been shit with me on money. So now I'm going to take it all away from you. That's basically it. (laughs) Yeah. you're like oh my gosh but what you do after you've come back from bankruptcy because i have myself in the past is that you learn to deal with your finances better mm-hmm. and you can't get no credit anymore so you shit out there so you have to <laughs> learn to spend it wisely and if you yeah. don't have the money you don't buy it yeah oh i know I, and that was the, the interesting piece for me is that you know going back to this principle of cash living right if I don't have the money don't spend it and it makes you stop and think about what are you really buying you know instead of like oh yes I'll just throw it on my credit card and then you know there's a two thousand dollar program that I really shouldn't have bought right but if I have to pull it off of my debit card then it's an entirely different situation because I you know not all of us have two thousand dollars just sitting extra in the bank account and even if you do, it's a different mindset. It becomes more of a pain point where you're like, mm, I should maybe evaluate this choice first. Right? Mm. You're going to think about it a whole lot more. Yeah. I mean, it's not like saying that, say, you've got to be a Scrooge and no. not spend your money and not have any fun. Because that doesn't help either. No, because that will then just turn you into binging. It's yes. like it's like drinking, being an alcoholic. If you take alcohol completely out of somebody's life, what you're doing is restricting them and you're making that habit, you know, you're making that hunger and that thirst even worse that they're gonna end up binging. Mm-hmm. When I fir- when I first got through um drinking I used to drink three bottles of wine a day in my twenties, ten years ago. I used to drink um more than ten years ago. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> But uh, in in my 20s, from 25 up to being, I think, about uh, 30, I had a bad alcohol problem. And I used to drink three bottles of wine a day. day. Mm. And it's taken from having three bottles of wine a day for craving and clock watching 
watching and looking at the time um, to finish work to have a drink. It's gone from that in 10 years now to being able to have one glass of wine when I go out with my partner and walk away and have no more for the rest of the week. But alcohol is still in my life. It's not taken away. Mm. It's been learned how to manage over time so that I have control around it. So this is the same thing with money. If you t- if you have if you're taking it away from people, they're just gonna, and then giving them a load of money, they're going to feel like going out and just spending it and mm-hmm. just being stupid with it. Well, I don't usually have this, so I'm just going to waste it. So it's getting into that control, self control of realizing that you can put a bit of money away, you can um, enjoy yourself with some, and you can use some to invest in yourself and pay your bills as well. It's just being clever and being in control of the situation rather than being out of control. Yeah. And so much of that, I mean, for me, I really see that as a, a, an internal process, right? How we, um, how we internalize whether we have money or we don't have money, whether we are craving um, a particular addiction, it's, it's that internal thought process and judgments that set us up for whether we're going to have these um, symptoms on the outside, whether we're going to spend too much or whether we're going to drink too much. When we change the internal thoughts, the internal judgments, then the need to act out changes and we step into that place of power and we can choose to do things that are kind to ourselves yeah. instead. Yeah, we have a lot of the inside that really needs to work on. Um, if, we, if we have something, we have, if we have an addiction, it's because you're hiding from something, you're, you're zoning out from the reality of something and you don't want to you don't want to feel it you don't want to be in it so you choose to escape from it it's like anybody who takes drugs or drinks or has a spending habit or a gambling habit it's an escapism you're escaping something and in that fact in that place of your addiction it's making you feel good for a certain time say like shopaholics it makes them feel so good for an amount of time and then they come home and crash mm-hmm. and that's it there's no complete actual healing inside because that hole that you thought you could fill for 2.5 seconds with spending on a credit card has now just dissolved again and it's still a big fat hole that mm-hmm. needs filling and it, a lot of it is healing that we need to look at first i mean you know some of it can be forgiveness some of it can be our past experiences especially if we experienced child abuse or something like that in our past where we feel like that we've got self-blame in there or we've kept the bit of feeling from it and we haven't forgiven and we haven't processed and we haven't gone on that journey of really discovering that we weren't to blame at all we just had to forgive ourselves and forgive the people and then see it from a different perception because what that person knew at the time was only what they thought they that was correct at the time and it goes deeper it's really an internal thing i had to go on a whole journey of forgiveness because my alcoholism came from child abuse so i had to go on a whole lot of things because i was blaming circumstances outside myself blaming Mm. other people when really it was like me that needed to get my shit together yeah yeah it's it's so tempting to want to go down that path of blaming other people and I totally relate I've spent years in that model where it was everybody else's fault you know it was because I grew up in a cult it was because I was abused it was because I was raped it was you know it was all of this stuff and really what was at the core of it was that I didn't want to look at it I actually got something out of playing the victim 
Yeah. And, but it was twisted, right? Because what I got out of playing the victim, I would have gotten 10 times that out of not being the victim. But I couldn't see that while I was in it. Yeah. Because at the time you're starving for attention. Yeah. And the only way that you know how to get attention is to make people feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do. You keep using that. It becomes a skill. And then eventually when you start to grow and change and learn and decide to choose to better yourself and look inwards and see, right, what is the real issues here? You know, how can I work on myself to improve myself? When you start on that journey of self-discovery, you start to learn that I don't need sympathy to actually get attention. In fact, I don't need attention at all. I just need to love myself and I need to forgive myself and I need to stop self-sabotaging myself. And I need to really now look at where I can help other people because that fills the hole mm. as well as loving yourself. And there's nothing better on this in this world right now than helping somebody or serving somebody or getting them past um, a certain situation where you used to be and you couldn't see past the fog, but getting them through it and and letting them shine and seeing them lit up and alive, that, oh, wow. You you know, when they come to you and say, thank you so much for changing my life and you're sat here in tears and you're like, Mm -hmm. you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. is like wow it's changed there goes me from feeling sorry for myself to going this will never knock me down i'm going to keep getting back up i'm going to keep getting back up (laughs) yeah oh so true and you know anybody who does any kind of coaching work would definitely agree with that i find tremendously i just love seeing the transformation for people that inspires me to keep going it really Mm. does and doing things, you know, it's like you've got the Missing Piece magazine that you're doing, you're putting that out for free. I've got this podcast that's out for free. Having the resources that are there to, you know, to give people even just a tiny leg up to get them started is, it, it fills the soul to know yeah. that you're doing something like that in the world. And, yeah. and you know, so and for those listening, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like you're getting value from this podcast or if you you know check out the missing piece magazine if you're getting value like say something because honestly those of us who are doing this free work that's how we get paid we love that feedback i don't know about uk but like that just feeds my soul absolutely the money is just the extra yeah and yeah you can get to a place where you can charge very well because of the skills that you've incorporated and time to sit there and learn or you've experienced yourself don't ever take a course from somebody who says i'm going to teach you how to write a best-selling book and they haven't even wrote a book themselves you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. again it's bullshit but um it's really looking at where you can serve to help people more I have a a media planner and each and every day, Monday to Friday, you can guarantee that I'm doing a blog, a, podca- a podcast or a Facebook Live or something like this. So I've started interviews again, so I'm going to do them. And it's really giving people rich content and telling them about your story in that process of in that time so that they then want to check you out more. So mm-hmm. if you just just focus on the serving and focus on how I can help somebody today rather than how much can I earn today? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they will hire you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And I find people are more drawn 
you know, to the people who are, well, okay. So maybe for myself, the clients that I work with, typically they've already done a fair bit of work and mm-hmm. they're, they can smell the ones that are, you know, inauthentic. So when I'm coming from a place of service, that just pulls them in so much easier. Yeah, it is. It's really, if you're just giving, 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 and not coming from a place of, oh, well, if I give something, then I'll receive, because right. that's the, the way that things work. It's the law <laughs> of whatever. It's the law of attraction. That's how it works. When I give, I receive. No, you just, just keep on giving, and then be utterly surprised and appreciative when you do receive. Yeah. You know, feel like, wow, I must have done something with this person for them to hire me. I feel so gracious. I feel appreciative that they're looking at me to help them I am so appreciative of that and you know changing your thoughts and just changing the way you are I used to be that multi-six-figure machine and I was miserable Mm. I was so miserable Um, I don't think I ever really spoke to my fiance Um, I think we had a crappy relationship because he was like oh you're always working You know, and mm. I turned into the woman off from The Exorcist. I'm my neck spinning <laughs> at 360 degrees and I was spewing pea soup on my face. But um, it, it's supposed to be fun. And that is where you're going to earn the most money in your life when you're serving from the best that you are, when yeah. you are providing real solutions and not trying to get money out of people and teach and give them failure because they're going to be signing up to a dream that is totally impossible in 60 days. It's not going to happen. No. You know, if you're really just being you in front of people and giving them rich, rich, rich content, they will come and sort you out and they will ask you if they can hire you. There's mm-hmm. nothing more, uh, you know, there's just nothing more better feeling than somebody saying to you, I want to hire you right now. You've changed my life with all your free content out there. I want to hire you now and I want to see what else we can do together. That is like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Oh, Kate, you were such a delight and I would love to keep going, but <laughs> it's like, oh damn, sometimes, you know, it's like that half hour mark. I'm like, really? We promised you just a half an hour? Oh, but I do really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, but more importantly, really modeling how to show up authentically. Thank you. That, yeah. So thank you so much. And just a little plug, where do people find this amazing resource? Uh, You can go over to www.themissingpiecemagazine.com and just sign up for it. And The Missing Piece magazine gets delivered to your inbox every month, guaranteed. And it's free. (laughs) Free, but don't mistake that 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 it's crappy content because it's it's high quality content with a no monetary price tag on it. Your, your cost is your time, but well worth that investment. So thank you once again, Kate. I really enjoyed having you on the show and I wish you all kinds of success. Oh, thank you. And you too. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. <laughs>